I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. to kind of barge your way in to get your word in edgewise sometimes so <laughs> right okay so Sounds but good. but we've we've uh, you know started to learn with talking to a, a guest or someone you want to kind of give them the floor so so yeah it's all yours um i know you oh, said that you you had a couple hours i mean we you know we could spend as much time as you want or as little time okay. if you if you got to go after an hour or something that's fine if you got more than that that's fine so sure we'll just uh, you know free form yeah yeah absolutely yeah Uh, all right, you guys all good to start? Yep. All set. I am ready. Yep. Okay. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this special combination episode of Who Will Survive with the Hero Hero Go Show podcast. Uh, I made up the stupid name to call this the Hero Hero Who Will Go Survive. Uh, We are combining this because uh, it's Marco and I, like usual, from Who Will Survive. And we also have Bo Ransdale from Hero Hero Go Show, who is uh, the, uh, the more knowledgeable expert on Japanese horror. So we had brought him in originally to talk about um, the movie Gunwoman. 
And then from there, we ended up kind of crossing paths with the creator of Gunwoman, uh, Mr. Kirando Mitsutaki. So uh, yes. we have him here to join us tonight. Uh, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. Great. Well, great. welcome. Yeah. Uh, so we actually uh, just sort of came across your movie, um, sort of a, I guess we like to call them a happy accident. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was looking for movies that uh, pertain to women and gunplay for a specific theme of a show that I was trying to do. And so, of course, in searching for that, the movie called Gun Woman comes up right, <laughs> right. away. And um, right. I had asked a couple of people and, and not a lot of people had heard much about it. So mm. that was kind of perfect because we like to sometimes try and find these movies that aren't as super well known or, or right out in the forefront to talk about. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so the, the three of us actually had reviewed that. And okay. then that show then, I guess, had... Uh, it was uh, forwarded to you, or you got tagged in it by uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Derek? Yes, and I got to hear the episode, and I really enjoyed it. It was an epic show, right? It was like a four hours long or a three hours uh, yeah, long? Yeah, I think it was like three and a half <laughs> hours. It was a long one. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when I was stuck in my car, I just listened to the whole thing. You know, L.A. traffic, I was in a traffic yeah. jam. And, uh, freeway. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, it, it really, your show really made my drive. But, uh, oh, good. Um, oh, you know, I really enjoyed your review and your reaction to it. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I think I reached out to you um, yes. on Facebook, and uh, we, you know, decided we'll do the show together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was um, it was kind of huge for me because uh, you know we're such a new show. I think the the one that you heard was like episode six, okay, that we had put out. So just to have anybody be like, hey, I heard you talk about my movie, and it was really cool, and I enjoyed listening to your podcast. And it was like, wow, someone listened to our podcast. <laughs> that was great. So, so yeah, we kind of had a little of a, a freak-out moment and then composed ourselves and then uh, came around to actually talk to you. And uh, when I told Bo about it, yeah. he was also uh, pretty excited to uh, to actually talk to you as well because, uh, like I said, his, his um, one podcast is – pretty much the study of Japanese horror for the most part, right, Bo? Yeah, I mean, I not just Japanese because I dip into, you know, Korean and okay, uh, and, sure. and, and and so forth, but um but yeah, predominantly, you know, J-horror, but okay. also the more uh splattery aspects, you know, like a right. uh Gucci and Nishimura, right. uh those kinds of guys yeah. uh that are just it seems like every second they're on set, they're having a blast. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm categorized uh, sometimes among them on, you know, Nishimura-san and uh, Iguchi-san's work. But, uh, um, you know, they, they combine a lot of uh, comedy aspect uh, in their work. And right. uh, I, I tend to be more serious. You know, I, I, don't, I don't go to uh, slapstick laughter sure. all that much in my movie. So... Um, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> okay. So you know, I I, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's kind of a interesting interesting uh, a categorical issue. I always sure. Uh, you know face. Sure, sure. Well, in in your movies, kind of uh, hang right on the uh, the the threshold of being a horror or or a thriller or an action movie. Right. They're kind of in that mm-hmm. that gray area. So, 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm yet to do a full-on horror movie, uh, but I, I would love to someday. But uh, you know, when when you're forty something, not many things scare you anymore. You know, um, right? The, the 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 scariest thing in my life right now is my credit card bill. You know, so <laughs> um, I can relate. You know. Yeah, so so you know, I I'm, I'm I haven't had opportunity to do a ho- full on horror yet, but uh, yeah, my 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 action movies tend to be really bloody, so um, sometimes mm-hmm. I do get categorized in the uh, horror genre. Well, yeah, be- because of that, I was always wondering, like, what would be you know a horror movie with your style? Right. That's always something that like I crave right now since I am a new fan of yours, and I want to see that now. It's like I want to see you. what you can do. With a monster movie, you know what I mean. Yeah. With your style and your and your your vision and everything and your storytelling, I think that would be really exciting. So yeah, I'm pushing I'm, for that. Thank you. I, I I'm a huge fan of you know horror genre too, so I I would love to tackle that um, sometime soon. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, uh, yeah. Just uh, speaking of 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 the the blood in mm. in your action films mm. and. In uh, Samurai Avenger, you mm. you think a trio of people at the end of that film, right? And one of them is Sergio uh, Corbucci, yes, who is, you know, if not the the father of, certainly one of the popularizers of that sort of over the top violence and gore in you know the spaghetti westerns of mm. the time and so you see elements of that and of, and of course you know Zaruichi and uh Lone Wolf and Cub and, and like all those influence influences are there right but do you ever when you were making that film did you ever stop and think I don't know if this is all going to work together hmm um, you know, I didn't have that doubt uh, at all going in because, um, to me, um, spaghetti westerns and uh, uh, you know '60s and '70s samurai movies are very similar. So, I mean, sometimes they they tell same stories. You know, I mean, um, Kurosawa's Yojimbo became uh, Fistful of Dollar. I mean, that's a that's a super famous story. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's I guess the main difference is. Uh, do they use guns or do they use swords, you know, but, uh, um, you know, the, the similarity is so great to where I had uh, uh, p- pretty big confidence going in making Samurai Avenger that this mixture will work. Yeah, I, I think uh, that was one of the things that I liked uh, through, through sort of all three of your movies was that uh, I, f- I felt like you took a lot of chances where you, you had sort of a vision and regardless of if you thought that it might work or not work or you just didn't have that thought of will it work or not like this is what you wanted to make and you made it mm. uh, there definitely had very much of that cavalier attitude about you know you were just going to make whatever kind of crazy idea that you had at that time <laughs> right <laughs> and that was what it was going to be and it was going to have to work kind of thing so yeah, for Samurai Avenger, um, that was my second feature. Um, I, I did my first feature called Monsters Don't Get to Cry, and uh, that's not available in the U.S., uh, um, but I, I shot it um, almost, uh, let's see, uh, 20 years ago? No, uh, like 15 years ago, and that was my debut feature, but it only got distribution in Japan and uh, in Germany. But uh, uh, it was a kind of a hybrid 
challenging hybrid feature uh, uh, set around the fictional high school shooting. And uh, it w- I kind of wanted to mix the uh, ultra gore with the uh, high human drama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, consequently, the movie didn't find the audience at all. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so, you know, like uh, people, the fans of high drama didn't want to see gore. And, uh, sure. you know, fans of gore didn't want to see high drama. So it just kind of, you know, that, 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 that I, I look at my first feature, Monsters Don't Get to Cry, as a kind of a uh, ownable failure. But, yeah. uh, oh, but sure. I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot from that movie. And, um, um, but I wanted to continue with the kind of this uh, genre mix, uh, you know, stuff that I, I mean, I like, I love it. You know, it's, uh, it's thought provoking and, uh, I guess you can, you can, uh, um, you know, tap into very different, uh, realms of, uh, you know, fans of different genres. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. how, how did you sort of get your start? I know, uh, Bo had done a little bit of, uh, looking into, some of your mm. early days and had a few questions about how you had first started uh, with with your film career. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I wanted to uh, make movies ever since I was a little kid. Um, uh, um, you know, I, I, I was born in uh, 1973, so my, uh, my childhood was in the 80s. And in the 80s, you know, the uh, big Hollywood movies and smaller Hollywood movies, B, B Hollywood movies, and they, they were all available in Japan. And I just soaked them up and uh, sure. became a huge fan. And uh, I wanted to study filmmaking in the States. Um, I knew that early on. So I actually uh, came over here alone, uh, left my home and family and came to um, I, I, I signed up for the exchange program to come to high school in the U.S., and uh, um, I was assigned to a high school in Fresno, California. And uh, But the, my, my map of the United States was the size of my fist. So, you know, <laughs> in California, L.A., Fresno looked like, you know, I, I, I thought, uh, maybe I can bike there. You know, maybe I can, <laughs> right, right. I can bike, you know, from Fresno to L.A. And uh, but, you know, it turned out that Fresno was, um, you know, they, they call it the armpit of California. <laughs> um, yes, I know. I know it well, too well. All too well. <laughs> really? <you do>? Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I met some great people there. Uh, my teachers were great. I'm actually still friends with a lot of them. Um you know, in Gun Woman, my movie, um, the the older gentleman who is the uh, kind of uh, uh, the human trafficker, human slave trader guy right, uh, right. who sells sells Asami to Mastermind in the movie, um, uh, that gentleman actually is my high school theater teacher. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> great. Well, so he made the cameo in Gun Woman. Very that's cool. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Was there? So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to ask in that situation, is there any reticence in saying uh, to your high school teacher, look, you're going to be running a cannibal slash prostitution <laughs> ring? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, he's uh, he's a very liberal, uh, great guy. So he, I mean, he read the script and he was still willing to do the part. So uh, we didn't have any problem. Well, I, one summer, um, I was still in high school. Um, he invited me and a couple other theater kids to 
his uh, vacation home in Morro Bay, and uh, we spent a weekend there. And uh, uh, we actually went to see Basic, in- Basic Instinct together, uh, R-rated movie. I think all of us are 17. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean, he, I, I knew he was okay. You know, he's, he, he'll be cool with Gun Woman. You right. know, <laughs> right. yeah. so very but, true. Uh, yeah, so I, I started my, uh, uh, you know, American education in Fresno. Then I went to um, art school in uh, San Francisco for two years, and uh, I went to San Francisco Art Institute and a very, very liberal um, fine art school. And um, it was co- almost like um, if you are making a movie with the story, you were considered sellout. Um, right. You know <laughs> like early I mean? experimental Cronenberg films oh. and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're doing the Cronenberg experimental stuff, you, you were a full-on sellout. You know, like, because, because these people are making hardcore art films, you know, like like uh, Kenneth Anger's work or uh, uh, Stan Brakhage's work, you know, very, very underground, uh, true fine art films, you know, like uh, Stan Brakhage is famous for uh, his film called Mothlight, and it's basically, literally, they paste uh, wings of moth onto 35mm film and project it, you know, uh, it's a silent film, and it's, it's a great, it's a work of art, but it's, Definitely not a, not a narrative piece, you know. Right, right. Uh, sure. So, so you know, I was there. I was 18, 19. You know, I was thinking, holy crap, you know. It's like, after I graduate from here, I don't think I'll be making any money, you know. So, <laughs> um, I got scared, and I transferred to uh, California Institute of the Arts um, in L.A., outskirt of L.A., and um, I, I finished my film education there. And uh, then after that, I became a, a you know production coordinator and stuff like that. Then I got to do my first feature, uh, uh, Monsters Don't Get to Cry, when I was 29. And that was filmed in Japan. That was actually was shot in L.A. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but it was a Japanese production. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It, the money was independently raised, uh, about a little shy of a hundred thousand. But uh, it was full-on American cast, and uh, no, no Japanese uh, uh, theme in that movie at all. Uh, it was, it was a full-on English American story. Okay. Yeah. And, and yet, never released here. That's so. It, it, one of those head scratchers about distribution, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, you know, I I took it around a lot, and uh, the the basically, the uh you know, mutual criticism I received was, well, you're Japanese and you didn't use your background in your work. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Uh, of course. You know, yeah. so that was, that was the main criticism I got from the distribution people. And, uh-huh. you know, that, that's, that's why I did Samurai Avenger. You know, it's like a Samurai Avenger. It's like sure. a Japanese theme in your face kind it's of thing. It's in the know? title, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. 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 Yeah. And, and so when you made... Uh, Samurai Avenger, you uh, obviously star in the film. Yes. But you were not your first choice, right? Correct. Correct. Um, well, I starred in that picture because I was younger and stupider. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm not fair. so young, but I'm still stupid, I think. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, like when you're trying to put together an independent project... Um, you know, you're trying to get 
uh, name actor for cameo or whatever, uh, you you definitely you know usually don't get it. And uh, um, my I, but before Samurai Avenger uh, was filmed, my acting career accidentally got started. Um, a friend of mine, a professional actor, introduced me to his agent and. Uh, his agent really liked my look, and he actually signed me on uh, right then, right there. And uh, I was kind of not serious about it. I just, I was kind of like, okay, well, this this could be interesting, kind of a uh, you know Hollywood experiment mm-hmm. experience for me. And uh, I I signed on. And uh, then the second audition I went to, um, that was an audition for Ug- Ug- Ugly Betty. And um, oh, okay. Yeah, and I actually got cast on uh, guest starring part on episode four, and uh, then you know that got me onto SAG and everything, and that's how my you know uh, acting career got started. Then, uh, then I was on Heroes uh, season two when um, Hero time travels back to feudal Japan, and uh, I was the big villain. Whitebeard in in Heroes season two. So, nice. Um, accidentally, by the time I got to direct Samurai Avenger, I was the name actor I knew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I you know, and I I also thought, well, you know, if I if I play the main character, uh, you know, that would be one one less actor to worry about, you know, like, you know, slow down the production, asking me questions like, what's my motivation? You know, um, um, I don't have to tell myself what my motivation is. So, um, (laughs) so, you know, it it was, uh, it was a challenging, uh, and I I would never do it again, but uh, it was a good learning experience. And if I didn't play the main character, I don't think the movie was completed because, you know, when something happens and production was slowing down or we had to wait for something, I always stole my close-up, you know, because I mm-hmm. was on the set in my makeup and costume all the time. Mm-hmm. So wh- wherever there was a downtime, I just shot my coverage. <laughs> gotcha. that's, yeah, that's how the whole thing was in the can at the end of the day. That's cool. Yeah. That, so I... I Samurai Avenger is like is such a love letter to movies that I also really adore, oh. and and when not having seen the film before, when it suddenly kind of out of the blue became Lone Wolf and Cub, right uh, for a minute, right it was such a delight, and and uh, there there are techniques that you use in the movie that I thought were really fascinating like the uh the kind of missing reel style yeah and i was wondering oh, yeah. you know because the gag at the beginning is oh all of those scenes were too explicit so they're in in rougher shape right uh but also doesn't that help hide the digital effects i mean i cuz mm-hmm. that was my reaction i thought that is genius. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, it's, uh, well, see, like, um, in Japan, um, me growing up in Japan, um, I guess the uh, Japan received all the uh, cult movies, vi- ultra-violent movies uncut. So I was seeing, 
you know, uh, all the faulty Italian gore horrors um, uncut, you know, before it was even available in the U.S. And um, so, you know, from early on, I was aware of the fact that, uh, um, you know, cult movies, different edit exist in different countries. And uh, I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, do the play on that aspect of genre filmmaking for Samurai Avenger. And uh, you know all the restoration footage and stuff. One of the one of the uh, film job I had when I was in grad school was um, doing uh, interview translation for Japanese directors for uh, Criterion Collection. So oh, I, I, you know, through that job, I got to experience a little bit of film restoration and you know putting together the best possible prints together and stuff like that. So I, I definitely wanted to. Bring in the aspect from that background onto Samurai Avenger, but uh, you know, of course, Mr. Tarantino beat me to it. Um, you know, with the <laughs> Grindhouse and all that. Um, but I had the idea for uh, Samurai Avenger years before um, his Grindhouse stuff, but uh, he beat me to to me uh, beat me to it, uh, releasing it because you know he has more budget and all that. Sure. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so this is also the first introduction of longtime collaborator for you, uh, Noriaki Kamada. Yes. Yes. Who is, could not be more different in this film than Gun Woman. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. is also fantastic. Like the, the reveal of, well, now you have to kill me. Right. Is, is so good. Uh, what I, I'm curious, is he a crazy person? <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. I was actually chatting with him on Facebook before you guys called me. But uh, uh, to answer your question, uh, no, he's not a crazy person. Um, <laughs> I, always, um, I always tell him he's not, he, he's not crazy enough. You know, he's a very uh, square, very serious person. Right. Uh, um, you know, uh, but uh, but because of that, I think he can really go crazy in front of camera. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I love collaborating with him. He's like he's like my old war buddy. You know, like we've uh, <laughs> we've gone through the struggling years together in L.A. Um, then he moved back to Japan, and he's he's still you know struggling. I'm still struggling. Um, so, you know, whenever we have chance, we just join our forces together to do something crazy and fun. Nice. I, I love seeing him in the pop up in the movies. There's time, like I said, when I went through your yeah. filmography, I was like, oh, see, you're using the same guy. And I love him. That was <laughs> right. good. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it calls back to like kind of a film family. We've heard other people talk about mm -hmm. where you see them work with the same people time and again, because, you know, they're reliable and they're you know what you're going to get out of them, you know? Yeah, and also they, and also you make them play different parts too, and right. that's what's cool. A lot of people will use, you know, like a, something familiar to them to play the exact same role. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I, identifying right. that, like, this is like I because my my first impression was from Gun Woman, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, man, that's a guy I don't want to cross, <laughs> you know. And then to like <laughs> a master, I was like, he's smart. So right. yeah, yeah, I I I, I like. Uh, because he's a great actor, um, sure he can he can play pretty much anything. So you know, I I actually tease him as uh, calling him. Um, he's my uh, uh, 
hairdo actors, you know, because I give him different haircuts on uh, <laughs> different, different roles. Right. Um, you know, I, I gave him the comb over for Karate Kill, and uh, I gave him a shaved head for Summer Avenger. Then he, I gave him this kind of a weird uh, puppet-like, you know, like a toupee-like hair for Gowan. Right. So, was that an inside joke in Karate Kill then? When you uh, said it like, "Don't mess up my hair," that's every. That's all I have. Was that, was that... Uh, yeah, unintentional, probably. Um, okay, okay. But uh, <laughs> but it was it was uh, before his character was even written. I told him I want you to have comb over. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so the hair came first for that character. That's amazing. <laughs> that's good. Is he uh, is he also a fitness freak? Because he is like ridiculously in shape in Gun Woman. Right. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I think I think that was his vision for for that particular character, Son of Hamazaki. I think he really wanted to trim down, and he wanted to do it. And uh, right. you know, I I just you know whatever, whatever the physique idea my actors have, I usually let them let them do it. If if mm-hmm. as long as it fits the script, you know. Right. Before we we move off of Samurai Avenger, yeah, yeah. another another question that I I'm so delighted I get to ask the creator. So, what was the inspiration for the go-go dance in the beginning, <laughs> which right. almost felt like an old in like Flynn moment or something? Yeah, yeah, I think you you hit the nail there. Um, I wanted to do kind of a, a you know James Bond esque. Uh, you know, beautiful women dancing opening credit sequence. Okay. So, so it was that kind of you know the '60s style um, for uh, for action movies, and uh, um, but I wanted to tie those dancers into the main story. So basically, uh, you know, they they were assassins. They were part of the um, you know whole um, assassin team. But uh, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that's what I wanted to do with that opening. Scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was the moment I fell in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was this interesting um, kind of cross time frame thing that the movie had, where it it felt old and it felt modern at the same time, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was interesting. Yeah. I always like when movies kind of cross that two different time generations. Like you said, it was like in the '60s, and then it was in more modern times, where you had guys dressed in modern clothes and you had some technology and like the way the girls were danced was uh, or dressed the dancing girls were dressed more modernly so sure i, I kind of wanted to create the parallel world-esque um world you know like mm-hmm. uh, um you know kind of like the what what if in the history kind of thing you know like a what what if samurai stuff um stayed in uh in the future and this and that and the, the say the currency is the old japanese gold coin and you know kind of like a mm-hmm. mad max 2 right. uh world meets you know fist of the north star kind of you know weird <laughs> world you know excellent <laughs> that's a great combination i never want to put those two things together but you're right that's cool yeah um what about the uh, the guy that played the villain in that movie? I had actually seen. Um, I think I was I was poking around in some of your posts, and I think I had seen him post something about it or or something. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Domiciano was the villain. Yes, um, and he's uh, he's he's a great Italian actor. Uh, he uh, 
as a child actor, I think he even worked with Fellini. Um, so full, full on, like, you know, Italian cinema guy. Um, but uh, we were lucky enough to have him to play the villain. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that definitely woofed up uh, the spaghettiness of Samurai Avenger, you know, having the real Italian person there. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I, you know, it, 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 he, he's he's you know he's my Klaus Kinski. You know, Kinski is German, of course, but you know, he, he Domiciano was my Kinski in 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 Samurai Avenger. Nice. Yeah, he plays the part great. He's uh, he's definitely very unlikable. So. Yeah, he, he has those crazy <laughs> eyes, and yeah, he 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 nailed the character. Yeah, sure, sure. And how did uh, Amanda Plummer get involved? I always I always feel like I never see her enough. Right, yeah. right. And she shows up to take the baby out of nowhere, which is fantastic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I the, the, she wanted to visit my set, and uh, I said, of course you can visit my set anytime, but would you be in it? And. Uh, then uh, she said yes, and we were lucky because at that time she didn't have American representation, so I didn't have to go through all the hoops with the agents oh, and managers and you know nightmare. But uh, she was able to just get in, uh, get in the clothes and do the part, and you know be done with it. So that was really cool. But uh, um, I met her. I. I think this is kind of an open, open uh, information, so I think I can talk about it on podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, Amanda Plummer was dating uh, Toby Hooper. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, Toby Hooper was a uh, uh, judge, a uh, jury, uh, head, head judge for Yubari Film Festival in Japan. And uh, I, I believe it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago, I was attending the film festival and uh, uh, Toby was there as the head jury. Then Amanda tagged along too because she loves uh, Asia and Japan. So she wanted to come with him to Hokkaido. And um, somehow the hotel lost their luggage. So gotcha. there, was this, uh, there was this American guy, you know, kind of freaking out. And my hotel room was across the hall hallway uh, from Toby's room, so I heard a little commotion in English. So I helped him out um, to retrieve his luggage and everything, and uh, we became friends. And uh, so throughout the film festival, we hanged out and we all became good friends. That's great. And uh, yeah, and um, so Amanda, uh, that's how I got connection with Amanda Plummer, and she's in Summer Avenger. Nice. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I did not yeah, know t- that uh, she was dating Toby Hooper. Yeah, it's it's really sad that the Toby passed away last year. I know. You know, sure. I was uh, yeah, I was I was talking to him talking to him here and there. I, we really wanted to do this uh, uh, Japanese uh, uh, documentary on him um, for Japanese TV. We were we were brainstorming that together, but the, that never materialized. So I I really. Uh. Sad, yeah. 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 Uh, that's huh. too bad. Yes. Uh, and so when you were, you know, wrapping up Samurai Avenger, did you, did, how long had you had the idea for Gunwoman mm. before you got someone to agree to make it? Right. I had the uh, idea for Gunwoman for a long time, actually. Uh, the birth of the idea... 
um, came to me when I was in grad school. Now, now actually, um, original idea for Go. Well, it was very different, but uh, it was it was a story about the diamond smugglers uh, who would hide diamonds in dead bodies. Hmm. Um, that was idea for my thesis film for grad school, and that never materialized. But uh, you know, ever since then, I had this idea of hiding something in body. That's uh, true. You know, was there, and uh, then after Summer Avenger, um, you know, I wanted to sell it big to bigger company and stuff like that. And uh, at one point, we were in negotiation with uh, Sam Raimi's company, uh, Ghost House Pictures, uh, for them to just buy the whole, buy the rights to Summer Avenger, and um, you know, I would get uh, pretty hefty chunk of change in exchange and uh you know i can i can set up my next picture and maybe maybe i can put together my production company and stuff like that but uh you know subprime loan collapse happened at that time and uh, some of some some of uh, their investors pulled out so that whole whole talk went away and uh so then i decided to move back to japan to see if i can you know, launch my filmmaking career big in Japan and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, so so I went back, moved to Japan with my wife and kid and whole shebang. Then uh, then I was doing good. I, I was in talks with the Japanese studios for different adaptation of the books and stuff like that. Then, uh, then that tsunami and the nuclear disaster of 2011 happened. Mm. And... Uh, so you know, my wife's American, and uh, our our kid was um, three at the time. So we we freaked out, and we we decided to move back to LA. And um, so so you know, I I sort of burned several bridges because I was building in Japan because uh, we left in hurry, and um, so you know, I I had this kind of a, a slump dark days back then um i didn't know if i could get another movie made and uh right. yeah that was that was kind of a dark days then uh, this uh one company uh from japan that distributed uh summer avenger for japan reached out to me saying we can only give you super super low budget but you can do whatever you want with it and uh so i pitched gun woman and they loved it, and uh, they they greenlight the project, and I got to do that one, and that that movie definitely put me back on the map, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, when had you met uh, Asami prior to that? Yes, um, yeah, that movie couldn't have be you know possible made um, without Asami. Sure. Um, so I, I got locked out. I, I met Asami. I was introduced to Asami in Japan while I was living in Japan, um, through, uh, our mutual friend who was a stunt coordinator. And, uh, so Asami and I became good friends and, um, her, uh, she, she's very popular in Germany with her work, uh, with Nishimura and Iguchi and, um, uh, this one, uh, and also Samurai Avenger was a sleeper hit in Germany. So this German distributor wanted to invite me and Asami together uh, to a convention in Germany. And, uh, 
you know, uh, Asami doesn't speak English, uh, but I do. So I can be her translator too and stuff like that. So this this combo package really worked for the German convention. And uh, so they flew me out, flew us out to Germany. And we were, we, you know, we were stuck in a airplane for, you know, 14 hours, 13 hours, whatever. And uh, we were talking and I actually pitched the idea of Gunwoman to Asami and she said, that's exactly the project I'm looking for. I want to do it. Can I do it? And uh, so that that me and Asami Alliance was formed on the flight to Germany. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah, she definitely made the movie. She's pretty- yeah. Yeah, she, uh, you know, at that time she was really kind of a struggling with her career and everything. So she, she wanted to... Uh, you know, she she was looking for a project that she can give, you know, 150 percent. And uh, I think the alignment of the stars were right. And uh, that's how we were able to make Gunwoman together. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, not to speak of her when she's not here, but uh, it seemed like the arc of her career had been trying to find that movie that right. was going to show that she could act the way that that she she seemed to want that respect i i I believe so yes and and boy she brings it i mean being behind the camera did you know like being her friend like oh she can go to these places Mm. or did she surprise you during the shoot well um i i knew she could go there and she wanted to go there but you know, I I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how much um, freedom she's gonna have with the role, mm-hmm. um, and also how much um, how much commitment does she have with uh, with the role. But uh, yeah, she, I mean, she did exactly how we envisioned her character to be, and she totally surprised me by. Um, Carrying out the mission just with no holes barred. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much spends the whole third act uh, naked and covered in fake blood. And yes. Fighting people much larger than her. Yep. So that's yeah. not uh, not well, an yeah, easy it, thing to agree to. Right. Yeah. We were in. Well, I was introduced to her work when we did that episode with uh, Machine Girl and Gunwoman. Right. And right. when we saw her in machine girl and then go oh she's in gunwoman too let's say cool let's, let's see her range but oh my god like mm. I, I i it's like um you sit there and you just go i lived her, you know you really felt the emotion that she put into into gunwoman and right. how and how much that that transition you know uh torture or not really torture but that that raw emotion uh you felt that it was a true thing that was happening rather than acting so it was mm-hmm. kind of that could be scary because that's something coming from within at the same time, right? Right. Um, right. But also great. I mean, I applaud her for that. And again, I was introduced to her with those two movies, right? And you saw a different range on both, definitely. Right. Yeah, I mean, she, she in person, Asami is very close to who she is in uh, Machine Girl. You know, she's fun, <laughs> loud. Right you know, kind of tomboy kind of person. So, um, you know, her character in Machine Girl is closer to true Asami. Gotcha. And, um, 
you know, I mean, you know, my 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 gun woman doesn't say anything. You know, just she just <laughs> right. has one line in the movie. Yeah. But uh, right. but the real Asami, you can't shut her up. You know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but so yeah, so it's uh, I think I think the gun for gun woman, um, Asami really proved herself as uh, actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mr. Kamada. Uh, who you referred to earlier as Square, yes, uh, in this film is anything but oh, obviously, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, so a, a couple of things about the the film in general, because this is something I always uh, wrestle with, and because you uh, the films you make are at, at least in part homages to exploitation films of of different subgenres and and uh, styles. But do you ever like, is there a line for you? Because there's one scene in this film I'm thinking of in particular, which is the ejaculation scene. Yes. And which I, I, I was absolutely delighted by because it just, it was such, <laughs> it was such a step over the line, <laughs> but I wonder if, if there is a line for you, like, is there something that you would think I can't, you know, obviously we can't shoot that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, I I try not to have that um, because you know, like, um, mm, I mean, I, as long as it's not illegal, you know. Um, obviously, right, you right. can't you can't really cut people in the movie, you right. know, uh, for real. Right. Um, you can't really hurt a real person in the movie, but. Uh, um, but I mean, I mean, I I would like to challenge that boundary, you know, like what's okay, what's not okay to do in front of the camera. Sure. Um, so you know, I, I for, especially for Gun Woman, I knew, um, you know, my my producers told me I can ignore the rating. So I I I wanted to push the boundary as much as possible. Sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, for uh, um, for the uh, UK release. Uh, the British film board had to censor my film for four seconds, which was that ejaculation shot. <laughs> they had to wow. take that out. That's um, right. Yeah, that was too much and, for uh, them. Yeah, that was too much for Ger- uh, not Germans, uh, British people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but for for Germany, um, the, 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 it was a huge, it was a big hit. Ger- uh, in Gunwoman was a big hit in Germany, but. It wasn't never officially released through their film board, yeah. Uh, because my distributor said, if you were to go through German film board with Gun Woman, it would be a short film. <laughs> right. It'll cut out so much. Oh, I, oh, I yeah. see. I, I would yeah. think that they wanted you to add four seconds to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so 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 you know, it's interesting. You know, like the different uh, censorship has you know sure. different issues. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we talked about it, and we talked about the extreme nature of the film and all, and of what or the content of the the scenes and everything. And uh, I think the three of us pretty much agreed to it. If it wasn't there, then you're not selling that uh, viciousness of that character. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not just to put it in there because you can. It was there. You put it in there because you needed to. Um, right. Right. To, to, to sell the idea. Yes. Ab- yes. Absolutely. Like it was like, well, yeah, you can describe the act, but that's not nothing near to what we saw in that movie and going, wow, 
Like, yeah. like okay, this guy is there's no, right. there's no there's no talking to him. There's no negotiating. Right. You know, right. he's, he's got to go. No. And I, again, like I said, the three of us, I think, appreciated that a lot. And we did talk about that. So mm. Sure. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I almost, um, I, I was, I'm more of the, the soft one of the group. So at first, <laughs> at first, I, I was almost kind of turned off because it's so, it's so extreme so fast in the movie. And right. I was like, um, kind of turned off at first, the first time right. I watched it. And then, you know, it, it, obviously it tones down a little bit as far right. as the, the rape stuff. And, right. and that is not so much of an element in the second half of the movie. Right. And I was like, I don't know, it seemed like it was okay. And then I was actually talking to Bo, and he was like, oh, my God, this movie is amazing, and he's is mm. making all these points. And I said, all right, I got to go back and watch it again. And the mm. second time, like, right. I think it was more of the shock that right. I wasn't expecting so much right. to be. And, I mean, you know, the way that you shot it, it's all very visceral. It all feels very realistic and... You know, it's 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 very amazingly put together to where you actually f- feel like that shit is really happening. You know. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, so. yeah I remember the, your story from the the podcast. Yes, you know, yeah. How the first time viewing, you had the trouble with it, and yeah. uh, I totally understand. I mean, it, but I approached the gun woman as kind of a um, this is a, a you know a female power movie, right? Disguise absolutely. As, exploitation movie mm-hmm. you know um, when i had the theatrical release uh in japan actually uh, uh this woman um came to me and she said she's uh, uh she's a recovering alcoholic and uh, uh but she's you know always um you know go off the wagon and stuff like that but after watching gun woman um, she thinks she can really kick the habit and she can she can really go uh, sober, you know. So, oh, so, of you, course. Yeah, you know, that kind of gave me the confirmation that what I was doing uh, wasn't wrong, you know. Um, right, right. So, yeah, so, you know, to, to me, Young Woman yeah. is a, you know, w- women, women power movie. But you said, you know, uh, you understood Paul's initial reaction. So when someone... When someone says to you, like, I couldn't, I've made it three minutes into this movie, and I I just couldn't, I had to pull the ripcord, do you genuinely understand that? Are you like, I get it, this is not for everybody? Yeah, I get it, I I totally get it. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Lucille Fultz is not Spielberg. Sure, right, right, yes. I get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, but I. But I, also, you're. Oh, go ahead, Marco. No, I was kidding. That was a, a point that, um, like, when we were watching that, what the, what he was saying was like, you see it as you see the worst possible scenario someone can go through to get to this level, right. uh, and that's like I said, that's what that when I go to watch movies and they have these, you know, like I said, the, these scenes that like I told you, Paul, nothing bothers me, and I can see whatever, mm-hmm. um, as long as it's not real on the screen. Right. Um, and because because there's a reason, right? You got to sell the character, you got to sell the villainous of of the villain. Plus, what is the empowerment that's going to you know uh, bring this person to who they are at mm-hmm. the end of the film? That 180. So, right. you know, power and images, of course, and right. you know, and and real world consequences. This stuff, it's uh, it's not made up, you know. Right. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it it needed needed that arc in the story, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, what about the uh, the guy that plays the mastermind? 
Was he um, yes. someone you had worked with before, or did you pull him out of no, casting was, or something? Yeah, it was uh, it was actually my first time uh, working with him, Kaidi Narita. Um, he's uh, he's a great uh, Japanese theater actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rarely does uh, movies. Uh, I think he done he's done several big Japanese movies um, as a, a kind of a biplayer character, but. Uh, um, I've I've known him for a while and I've I've really uh enjoyed his performances in all his theater plays that I went to uh, check it out and uh so you know the to me the mastermind character was this someone who was kind of like a you know the lecturer you know and uh, yeah. I I needed you know the, his lines were long you know like yes yeah um, you know, because Asami doesn't say anything, Mastermind has to do all the exposition, sure. you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so I was like, ah, I need a theater actor for this part. And of course, you know, Kaidi just popped into my head and okay. I asked him to join the cast and he he wanted to do it. So that was the that was our first time collaboration. And I would love to work with him again and again. Right, that makes a lot of sense that he was a theater actor because you could you can kind of feel the way that he so powerfully delivers those lines is mm. uh, is, is definitely very masterful. So that actually right. makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah, and it was really funny every every morning when we were in a, a band together to go to the set. Um, uh, you know, my actors, you know, um, Noriaki and Asami and Kairi, they were all um, talking about. I want your role because you have no lines. And then, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, I don't want Mastermind's role because you have tons of lines and stuff yeah, like yeah. that." You know, they were all talking about that. Right. Yeah. Was Was Asami able to have a good time on the set, especially shooting <laughs> the later scenes? <laughs> sure. I mean, just because of the emotional places she has to go, was she able to turn it on like that? So that. Oh, yes. She's a, she's a fantastic person. I don't know how she does it, but she does have the switch that she can just flick on and off. And uh, uh, I believe the I believe the U.S. Uh, Blu-ray and DVD does have the behind-the-scenes documentary. But uh, uh, you can you can actually see Asami making jokes and you know dancing around, covered in blood, and you know <laughs> making stuff like that. So she she actually really. Um, enjoyed the filming, and I, yeah. I, I really remember uh, the last shot uh, when we wrapped her up. Uh, when we were done with her, she just burst into tears, saying, "I, I don't want this to end." You know. Yeah. So, right. So she had a great time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, we, I know we both uh, had got the Blu-ray, but I don't know if you got to watch any of the extra stuff, Bo. I did not get to. Uh, I've wa- I've watched most of that and I listened to the commentary as well. So we are we we are doing our best to support here. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know that the, there's an interview that you had uh, you had done earlier where you were talking about movies that were sort of uh, inspirations, or if not inspirations, movies that you were really fond of. And there was one that stuck out to me because Gunwoman kind of reminded me of the film. And it's uh, Cobra. <laughs> okay. And I'm glad you said that, Bo. 
there yeah there is uh there's kind of a viciousness to both of those films uh both gun woman and cobra that i really like i like Uh i I like a mean-spirited movie sometimes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um you know uh cut the kill uh my cult leader and group is definitely uh, uh my homage to cobra oh right of course yeah, for sure um you know i mean that that my cult leader vandensky even has that uh night stalker's knife uh, <laughs> oh it, that is great with the, with the yeah. Snakes. yeah yes you know it's funny because I, I said you mentioned that book and why why when i was watching this cobra always brought to my mind i just couldn't really put that together but i was like man i want to bring this up but am i the only one that thinks this you know, like <laughs> why is this reminding me of cobra a lot like the right. even gunwoman and of course karate kill and i was like i'm uh, when you said that i was like oh my god i'm not I, I i'm glad we're on the same page on that and then to have it reassured that's awesome yeah. oh cobra, cobra <laughs> probably cobra is like the movie that i watched the most in my life i'm, I'm I, yeah. I swear i've seen it for like 1500 times you know um, i mean literally my vhs copy just broke you know um, but yeah, yeah. even in the uh, karate kill i mean we'll get to it with that that slow clap in the sunlight right you know, when the we keep showing that and that the whole in cobra when they get the axes and they're putting clinging them together and, sure. and i was just like kind of putting you know i don't know it just kind of fit Totally. I, I'm like banging my head against the wall saying, why didn't I have a pizza, cold pizza eating sequence in, exactly. in Karate Kill? You know, I'll, yes. I'll have to do that for my next movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. And, so, and there wasn't as much of a break between Gunwoman and, and Karate Kill. And one presumes you were certainly doing some press. Uh, the movie seemed to be well received, at least critically for the most part. And that had to be somewhat reaffirming, like you said, you know, with, with your encounter with uh, the the fan who saw the film, that people were responding to this movie. Right. Yeah, that definitely. Um, you know, say Summer Avenger, um, you know, put me on the map a little bit in the festival circles and genre film realm and everything. But the gun woman definitely. Uh, you know, uh, put me onto kind of a different league. You know, I, I we went to uh, so many different film festivals with that. Uh, I think we got like um, distributions in fifteen different countries and uh, um, for Gun Woman. And um, yeah, it we it, the movie was really well received. And uh, you know, even uh, for U.S. release, a uh, big company like Shout Factory picked it up. And uh, they did great job packaging the DVD and Blu-ray. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I I couldn't be happier with how how well Gun Woman performed. Sure, yeah, especially for something with such extreme content, you know, is it a little bit yeah. harder to sell. Sometimes, right. So. Yeah, it was it was available. Uh, I I think uh, uh, that the contract with the Netflix expired, so it's not it's not it's no longer available on Netflix. But it was there for like a year and a half or something, okay. and I got I got a lot of uh, exposure for that. Um, so yeah, Gal Woman definitely uh, performed really well. Sure. Do you have any plans to try to uh, take it back to any of the streaming services or or like repitch it, or is that out of your hands? 
Yeah, it's out of my hand. Uh, it's it's uh, the, uh, Jap- the negotiation between my Japanese copyright holder and uh, American distributor. So I, okay. I have no power over it. Sure, yeah. sure. Just one day mm. they'll call you and say, hey, it's on whatever now. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the last person to know you. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, I've had that experience as well right. of a couple of movies that I've written okay. uh, will hit a streaming service and someone will tell me they saw it and like I had no idea like right. that that information is never going to get to me right unless someone tells me so <laughs> yeah and, and uh, so did that make it easier though uh, to to get financing for Karate Kill was Gunwoman a positive in that respect as well? Yes, it was actually, um, uh, we were at the film festival, uh, again, the Yubari Film Festival in Hokkaido. Uh, we got uh, we got uh, a special jury award for that movie. And uh, at the closing party, a producer approached me with, uh, you know, a martial art movie idea, and that became Karate Kill. So it was pretty much back to back. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's oh, cool. That's great. Yeah. And and so the the idea the, the kernel of the idea was not yours or or was or did you just open up that world a bit for the uh, gun woman? Uh, no, for uh, Karate Kill. I'm sorry. Oh, Karate Kill. Uh, the the whole thing was my idea, but uh, um, they had the star already uh, cast. Uh, Hayate, this uh, Japanese uh, real martial artist. Uh, slash uh, parkour performer. Um, he they picked him as a lead. So mm-hmm. basically, I was a hired gun to make the story around him, okay. and uh, you know, make it happen in in LA. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, did you uh, have any crossover of uh, like your fight choreographers from the uh, yep. from the previous movie to this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I had the same uh, fight choreographer, uh, Keiya um, Tabuchi, okay. uh, you know, who did amazing fight choreography for uh, Go Woman. I sure. was lucky enough to get him back uh, on Karate Kill, and uh, we had the blast. Yeah, yeah, the, it looks uh, very well choreographed in both movies, um, and they're they're very different styles. Like you know, Asami fighting gigantic dudes while she's covered in blood and naked versus a karate right. master fighting a group of guys is a very different style of of fight but uh that's something that i'm always sort of critical of is uh is fight choreography and i think it's pretty well done in both movies oh thank Absolutely. you yeah yeah the you know like right now the mainstream kind of uh action coverage is a shaky camera with you know, shaky actors with a shaky camera, you know, so <laughs> sure. you really, you really don't know what you're watching, but you know, Liam Neeson can kick ass, you know, that's the, that, that's the, you know, the mainstream Hollywood coverage. And, uh, I didn't really want to do that. You know, I wanted to cover the action because we had, we were lucky enough to have a real martial artist. I kind of wanted my camera to be fixed and not do too much of the movement and just you know capture the moment you right, know right that was my philosophy going into uh character kill sure and then you have some of the uh the scenes where you do kind of the 360 with the camera or you flip it mm-hmm. upside down mm-hmm. uh, was that just kind of an idea you had to experiment with or did you get influence from seeing someone else do a similar thing and put your own spin on it right i um you know i i want i love uh 
the long tracking shot um, fight sequence in mm-hmm. Old Boy, original Korean yes. Old Boy, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the with the hammer right. uh, in the hallway. And uh, that's a beautiful one, one long shot action scene. Yes. And I wanted to do something similar in my movie. And, uh, but obviously we had the lower budget and, you know, shorter shooting days and stuff like that. So, right. No you know, hallways. So. Yeah, exactly. We, we <laughs> couldn't afford to have the long ass hallway. So, uh, um, so I said, well, what if, what if we just rotate the camera on the same position, you know, mm-hmm. one position and, um, then you know my 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 DP loved the idea, so uh, and the choreographer loved it. So we, um, it was a, it was a really challenging effort to, um, you know, the timing of it. You know, when 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 the camera does a complete three sixty, whole mm-hmm. choreography needs to be done. You sure, know? So sure. yeah. so we timed the movement and we timed the choreography, and that was like you know a month and a half effort from the action team and the camera department to put it put it together yeah i imagine they had to make some kind of a special stand to allow the camera to rotate but still stay steady to get the shot yep yeah it was it was all uh hand operation uh we we, they had the some kind of rig to rotate the camera uh you know in the gear but uh, the handle was all hand hand operated and uh you know um sure, the, sure. They, they did a beautiful job right it reminds me of like the uh the panorama shots in long fight sequences you see like um like the mo brothers do that sure. kind of a thing yeah uh, remind me of that kind of a a sequence so that was cool i liked it great and and having back-to-back movies where the lead actors did most of their own stunts and mm. and all that uh is, does that take a load off? Does that make your job easier to deal with uh, someone who's that talented and wants to do the shot? Right. Um, I mean, yes or no. I mean, I'm I'm constantly on the edge, like watching this stuff. Don't get hurt, you know. Like if you get hurt, the production will be shut off, you know, mm-hmm. shut down. So it's uh, it's great that it's there for me to cover it. But also, it's very suspenseful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, make sure they'll they'll come out safe. You know, sure, after sure. The safe. so. Yeah. Yeah. Now that now that we've uncovered this Cobra thing, <laughs> that's all I can think about when I think of Karate Kill. It's, it's amazing though that you you almost did a backdoor remake of Cobra. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like when you're watching it, you just for some reason you're just sitting there going, "Why am I thinking about Cobra?" Like like. Why? Like the past two movies here, I'm like, or like, you know, even in, uh, yeah, it, it just like this is reminding me of Cobra, and I've, again, I was really afraid to bring it up because I felt like I was the only one talking or, or thinking about. It. I was like, you know, Paul, just be silent. Yeah, right. um, I was like, okay, so um, I did want to ask about Karate Kill a bit on um, the technical aspects of okay. the practical effects versus the CG, and why did you choose the more CG approach for Karate Kill? Mm. On the blood splatter and stuff. I think it was more practical reasons. um, Because we were spending more more time with the actual martial art fight choreography. We couldn't uh, couldn't spend too much time with the uh, practical effects on set. Right. Yeah, so some of those things became more digital. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not quite 100% 
happy with all the digital effects. I mean, some, some. I mean, we had the budget limitation, we had the schedule course, limitation, yeah. but with with what we got, I think it was the it was the best possible, you know, uh, the result that we could well, to get the point across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The balance, right? Yeah, so. right. Yeah, and Gunwoman, uh, you know, there was. I don't, I don't know if there was any CGI blood really in it, but uh, there was great practical effects in that, obviously. Yeah, uh, we. Uh, yeah, did you, we. Did you have we any were... of the same crossover people with the effects department too? Uh, special makeup was uh, same person, but we couldn't let her do too much uh, sure. on on character kill because of that. You know, the costume um, restriction. We couldn't put blood on it or you know case by case yeah sure sure a lot yeah. of things happen like that yeah well so. yeah and, and like you like you said you're you're focusing more on one th on like i said the the uh the martial arts and the action parts of it to get that mm -hmm. energy and point across right. rather than let's you know because and yeah that's a huge undertaking to spray blood everywhere too at the same time yeah. yes <laughs> i mean in best i mean in 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 uh you know perfect world i would have loved oh, to sure. do you know, cut the kill with no CGA blood and you know all practical, but that wasn't possible with what we got at that time. Of course. Yeah. Well, when yeah. you make your when you make your monster horror film, then right. that's when you can make up with buckets and buckets of blood. Right. That's right. We'll go all right. all practical. Yeah. Unless you have to <laughs> okay. also have a lot of martial arts with the well, with the monsters. <laughs> right. Which we yeah. wouldn't be opposed to that either. So. Right. Yeah. We'll you know. One thing that that I found really kind of fascinating about Karate Kill is that your the villain uh, of of the film Vindinsky mm. is sort of an internet Charles Manson, right? And there and he you know slight spoilers here he is selling <laughs> access to see the worst possible things you could see on the internet right, right and it's interesting that you're kind of making a comment about the uh the nature of the internet and and some of the like if you wanted to you could see the worst things that you could never unsee. Sure. Mm -hmm. But as a director who who kind of travels in in exploitation mm. Do you ever, I, I guess this goes back to the line thing, where do, do you feel like film is a totally different artistic expression versus the internet? Right. Well, yes and no. I think um, internet could be a great platform to enjoy movies. Um, but I think... Um, you know, uh, kids nowadays watching a lot of stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, you know, those contents are becoming shorter. So I think a lot of people are suffering from short attention span issues. Mm -hmm. um, sure. You know, um, that's one thing. And also other thing is, um, like you mentioned, um, on the Internet, you can, pre you can pretty much, you know, watch anything. You know the real, yes. real decapitation to real this, real that. You know, like yes. all this kind of a romantic notion of gore effects and stuff like that is totally obsolete. You know, you can you can see the real thing now. You know, and um, um, I don't I don't think that's good. You know, like um, when I was a kid, you know, like I would um, you know go through frame by frame on my. VHS copy watching The Omen, 
you know, de decapitation scene, you know, with the, <laughs> the, the yeah, yeah. Pho photographer character's head gets sliced with, the, you know, glass and stuff like that. And Great. I was like, you know, how the hell did they do that? You know, like, <laughs> it, it was kind of like, a, you know, gore effects were like magic, you know, you know, Absolutely. it's fake, yeah. it's not yeah. real, but how did they sell it? How did they do it for this good? And that, that was romantic. That was... Uh, that was just like watching the, you know, magic show, you know, and but but nowadays it's all becoming real and you can actually see someone, you know, get killed on the Internet. And it just it's it's, it's depressing, you know. Um, yes. So I guess Absolutely. I guess I wanted to make a comment about that and make make the Internet guy, the bad guy for Karate Kill. Sure. Yeah. 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 I remember growing up, too, is say in that like. When he had movie, he had entertainment, and if when those uh, sports reality shows like Gladiator, you remember Gladiators would come out, and whatever, and we're like, when is the point going to come to when we actually see right. know, a sports gauntlet of actually people being killed? And then when we saw the movie Running Man, like right. this is the future, this is right. what's going to happen. And like when you really look at today, it's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. It's just maybe not on our TV sets, but with a click of a mouse, I mean, mm -hmm. it's yeah. all there. And yeah. I never thought sure, as sure. a kid, well. We did think as a kid, you know, when is this when is this reality going to hit? And yeah, right. it, it's it's hit. It's here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. You, you had kind of the uh, pay-per-view notion with, uh, you know, that people could pay this much currency to watch a uh, rape and this one to watch a murder. And sure. this one to Watch, yeah. you know, five guys get killed versus two or right. so it was kind of uh, interesting thing. Yeah, I, I definitely took that as more of a, a social commentary as well about the nature of the internet and, and kind of seeking out that worst of the worst type of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, how, mm -hmm. how far can you go before you can't unsee things like Bo said? So, right. Yeah. Uh, yep. that was kind of a cool element. Plus, uh, you know, so many people get famous on YouTube or video for not even doing horrible things, but just for doing stupid things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're making millions right. of dollars just to, you know, state their opinions and talk like assholes and do dumb pranks on each other or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. So if it's not I mean, one, our, kind of, our, one kind of trash, it's another. Is right? on uh, Twitter, you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, a huge embarrassment as it is. Right there, oh so. God. <laughs> yeah. You know, an, another theme that carries uh, into Karate Kill from uh, Gun Woman yeah. is that. Uh, somebody moves to America and everything goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a good, good call. point. So uh, yeah. it, uh, are, are, is that just a, a matter of convenience of where you're shooting? Or do you believe that America is a place of decadence? Because I don't disagree with that. <laughs> right. I, I I think it's it's my kind of a twisted love letter to this country. You know, it's uh, I'm playing sure. uh, I'm playing on everybody's notion or everybody's belief that's what happens when you come to U.S. Because you know this is the you know the great land of free, but it's also the crazy country. You know, and uh, yeah. I think I think both of those are true, and uh, um. You know, I, I just make everything in that kind of a parody uh, statement. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely kind of a, a stereotype that, let's say, Japanese person has, uh, you know, thinking about uh, the states. Okay. You know? 
Yeah, well, it's it's a similar to uh, an American person would have the stereotype thought of somebody going to uh, somewhere in, say, you know, Central Europe or whatever, and then right. of course they're going to get mm-hmm. abducted and sold into sex slavery and you know, <laughs> right because yeah, of so what they see in like the a, movies too. So right, it's like an urban legend, you know, um, sure, a sure. Play, play on that urban legend kind right. of thing. Yeah, I, but I think it's great. I love it every time, you know, in, uh, in Karate Kill when he shows up. And the first place he goes after leaving LAX is just a den of of filth and violence. <laughs> right. and, it, and it gets worse from there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's such an interesting perspective, too, because, like you said, they're, you know, they're, they're sort of a, a, a stereotype, true or not. Uh, that uh, you know America is a little decadent and lazy and all that stuff um, do you find that that's changed uh, as someone who you know grew up in in Japan and then w- was here for a while and then went back to Japan H- has that shifted at all have you seen a, a difference in the way America is is viewed I don't mean necessarily mm. politically or anything but mm. just kind of as a culture no I, I you know I think Americans are really hard-working people. I think uh, the, my American friends work harder than my Japanese friends, for the most part. Um, okay. So I think this kind of a popular belief of Americans being lazy, I think it's totally untrue. Um, but, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I, I mean, film industry Americans, I mean, they work their asses off, and they, all of them are, and all of them do it with the smile on their face, you know, um, I, I, I have nothing but admiration for, um, American film people, but, uh, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's kind of like my twisted love letter to America and the rest of the world, you know, and, uh, and also, you know, my, my movies are fantasy movies. It's, it's, it's not real. It's not documentary. So. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> you know, no, I, but I, I hope it, it, yeah. it sparks some, uh, some, you know, um, discussion, you know, sure. I've worked in uh, Los Angeles for seven years and I, I can tell you that den that you went in that you filmed, <laughs> it might be fantasy, but that it's, LA is, is, uh, is one of those places where you don't know what door you're going to open and what, and what you're going to see. Oh, yeah. You know, totally. From oh, experience, I, it's not that far off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sadly. I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, me, me as a struggling filmmaker, I've had several odd jobs. And uh, yeah. when, I, when I was on the rock bottom, you know, I, I did the, this door-to-door salesman for one day only. But uh, when I did that, I mean, I was in the uh, Sherman Oaks area, but some sure. of the doors that I knocked on, man, I mean, I don't... <laughs> The, those were the things that I I cannot unseen, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Ca- hey, Cali- California offers it all. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and and it, it seems like with uh, all the mood, with each film, there's a slightly different tone to them. But they're you know they're certainly DNA shared yeah. between all of your films, and I think one of one of those shared strands is that you really are trying to say something with the films. Like, yes, you're making over-the-top action films at times, but mm-hmm. there, there is thought in, mm-hmm. in these films, and that 
is unlike some action films, uh, (laughs) even very large budget ones. And Mm. I just wonder, you know, you, as you talk about being a struggling filmmaker, Mm. are, are you able to constantly keep that, that fire burning and, and be optimistic when you got to think you got to look at your movies and, and, and say to yourself, well, these are better than most of that. Mm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. very true. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, right now, uh, because I work with lower budget, um, I think in exchange, I have a little bit more creative freedom than, say, directors who work with the super huge budget. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to put in a little bit of my personal belief or personal you know, political view or whatnot onto it. And I'm, I'm really happy about that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when, you know, when you start to deal with the bigger budget, more people, I know that could be limited, you know. Sure, sure. And on the um, aspect of, of uh, ongoing theme with your yeah. movies, there is that real uh, educational um, uh, aspect of martial arts. And especially like, you know, like Master and Apprentice and uh, like fighting styles, mm-hmm. like especially in Karate Kill, when you're really, really delving into like, you know, I know how a karate guy versus a swordsman, oh, that's going to go down. Um, do you have a background in that? Like, do, or did you study that or, or is that something that's, you know, that you're that you're trying to seek out? Because like I said, even in uh, Samurai Avenger, you have a very under a great understanding of this school of uh, mm. fighting and versus this school of fighting and how each one would combat each other not in an aggressive stance but like you know uh how uh, can i best my opponent but having that respect and all that stuff so i'm learning too as i'm watching mm-hmm. your films too about all these things and and the culture of course so mm-hmm. is that I, I know that's of course it's a cautious effort but mm. um where you are do you really have that knowledge going forward or are you still learning yourself or is mm. that oh. like Right. Well, thank you. Um, I uh, I actually uh, don't know any martial art. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a martial artist. And uh, on paper, I, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I play one on TV, but you okay, know, I, there you uh, go. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, but basically, all my knowledge comes from uh, a lot of reading and mm-hmm. a lot of watching movies. You know, like sure, great. Sure great samurai movies or you know lone wolf and cub a whole series i i watched it so many times and and um if something strikes my cord i'll i'll do additional research and uh you know deepens my knowledge on that so mm-hmm. yeah i don't uh, i don't practice it but uh i guess i i do have the uh, knowledge and uh, sure, i know sure. how to put that on the movies Right. Does anybody fact check you, like uh, like fans of yours or anything like that? Like, because uh, <laughs> again, I'm learning as I'm watching these films too about right. wow, this is out there, and that's so cool to even you know have a grasp on that knowledge of fighting skills and whatnot. So, does anybody fact check you on some on the, on these things? You know, knock on wood, but uh, I have not uh, gotten any kind of a negative negative criticism on uh, me. Do, you know, uh, saying some wrong information about uh, some right, right. martial art technique or something. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I was uh, I I screened a gun woman uh, in Texas, and uh, there was ex marine in in the audience, and he said 
uh, Gunwoman's portrayal of a uh, gun, uh, firearms, were more accurate than uh, wow. all, all the Hollywood movie he's seen. So yeah, uh, yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Well, I love, like I said, I love the fact that you put into your characters that wanting of of knowledge, that study, and your and your characters are studying when. Even in Karate Kill, when the guy's like, look, I don't know anything about guns. Teach me about guns. And he is studying right. everything, even like, like I said, the muscle on mm. before you pull a trigger so he knows to look for it. I get, mm. I've never thought about that or I haven't even seen that kind of things moving in the, um, you know, in, in cinema uh-huh. itself. So like having those small details, I just like you sit there and you go, man, that's just, you know, Why? that's awesome. I, that's creative. I, <laughs> Thank you. I, I actually have this fetish. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a training montage fetish. And uh, <laughs> I, I have to have training montages in my movies. And uh, sure. um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. So w- when I was doing, when I was writing Karate Kill, I was like, wait a minute, Hayate is Karate master to begin with. Sure. He, got, he got nothing to learn. Oh my God, I right. can't have my training montage. What am I going to do? Then I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> But he has to fight with guns. He has to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, acquire new skills so I can have the training montage on that. You know. Yeah. yeah. But the right. genius of it is you went to what if a one-armed Asami <laughs> taught him mm-hmm. how to I don't know uh, you know like load a shotgun with a hook hand, which <laughs> right. is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, but it was just. Uh, the the thing that is always a joy uh, watching your films is that the the decisions of how to move the plot forward are always a little bit crazier than you think they're gonna be. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so satisfying. It's so much fun. Uh, great. And that yeah, I wish I had a question to follow that up. Other than to, <laughs> other other than to say, you know, uh, one one of the thank yous that you uh, you've given across some of your films, or some of the thank yous, like you've uh, uh, mentioned uh, Shimizu yes. and Joe Dante, yes, and and are are those people that you've been able to kind of rub elbows with, or is it just hey, these are people I've always admired? Yeah, uh, the uh, Mr. Takashi Shimizu uh, of Grudge fame. Um, He's actually the same age as I am, and uh, I was his assistant when he shot uh, Grudge 2 for Sony. And uh, so we have close working relationship, and I was even his AD uh, on the Chicago reshoot. So we have, we have great time together, and, uh, uh, you know, we always think, you know, talk about how we got turned on to uh, movies and uh, you know, basically we have, you know, because we grew up in Japan and we're same age. So we were watching the same stuff on TV and stuff like that. So we have a really great uh, rapport, um, you know, for Gun Woman, he, he wrote great uh, little blurb for the, uh, uh, you know, posters and flyers and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a, he's a great friend of mine. And uh, Joe Dante, um we became uh, friends uh, through, um, what was it? I think it was uh, through a Japanese TV program I did or something. And uh, um, I actually helped him, um, helped him and his wife uh, sell his passion project, Trailers from Hell uh, project, uh, to Japanese DVD company. 
Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so we have we have some working relationship together. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's got to be so satisfying as, as a, a a film fan from Japan. Oh, totally, totally. Who, who uh, now? I mean, you've got this catalog of of, of stories and friends and memories that mm, are, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, incredible. I mean, just enviable. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I was uh, um, um, last year. I was invited to uh, this. Uh, uh, little cocktail parties that uh, this Spanish uh, citrus film festival put together in Hollywood. And um, they were kind enough uh, to invite me to uh, join the party at uh, uh, CAA uh, agency um, you know, office uh, in, in uh, Century City. And um, I was introduced to uh, Mr. Walter Hill, one of my all-time um, filmmaking hero and uh so i got to hang out with walter hill you know and i got to tell him <laughs> without his streets of fire i wouldn't be here you know so uh, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's like it, yeah so film geek from japan dream is coming true yes that's cool yeah wow. nice nice yeah uh what about some of the other cast from karate kill uh were, were these um a lot of new people you had worked with too. I'm assuming, uh, like you had said, the the main star, mm-hmm. the movie was kind of formed around him. Right. Um, do you do you ever get involved in any of the casting stuff to, as far as bringing people in or, or previewing them to see if they fit your vision for the movie? Or yeah, we uh, um, main lead character Hayate was already cast, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he's a hardworking guy. He's a great. He's a real deal. I mean, right, right. Like, you know, he's the one person I know for sure that I'm not going to pick a fight with, you know. Like, <laughs> right. um, so he, he's the real deal. And uh, he was, I mean, so I was thinking going into this movie, I was thinking, okay, he's a great martial artist, but may, he may not be a great actor. But, right. uh, uh, but you know, he proved me wrong. You know, he was a great actor and a great martial artist. So we were really lucky to have him. But uh, um, for the other rest of the characters, um, I had the creative freedom to cast, uh, do a casting session and stuff like that. So and we found some um, great actors uh, for Karate to Kill. You know, the guy, Kirk, um, Kirk Geiger, who played Bandinsky, was fantastic. I would love to work with him. Um, all his henchmen, henchwoman. Um, right. you know, uh, Katrina, uh, Lee Waters, um, great, um, uh, you know, she's a, she's a wrestler too. She, she's beautiful and she's really capable of doing all the physical stuff. And right. Tom, Tom boss, who was the bad guy sidekick to her. And he was great. He's a real martial art champion as well. Nice. Um, so yeah, we, we had the really, uh, great, uh, you know, uh, cast in that movie. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned about uh, you know not messing up some of the costumes and stuff. Was that all kind of stuff that you had had a, a vision for the way that you wanted these guys all to look, and you had to kind of rent some costuming for for that? Or right, yeah, we had uh, um, the yeah we we had the limited budget for costumes. So you know the uh, more budget went for the choreography and camera gears and stuff like that. And sure. I think. I think the you know costume department suffered a little bit. You know, the, the, some of the budget taken off from them to go elsewhere and stuff like that. So, 
we really didn't have that much multiples and uh, uh, so we were we had to be careful not to uh, you know put blood on it for the next scene <laughs> stuff like right. that you know so sure, it was it sure. was you know the, one of those film logistics that we had to figure out absolutely yeah Oh, and and certainly fun to see uh, uh, James Lippold is it uh, yeah. for, uh, who was in Samurai Avenger as the the uh, drifter yeah the drifter the, yeah. who's amazing His cameo yeah. He, yeah. yeah he's the bartender at the Texas yeah yeah uh, town yeah. I saw yeah. I, that's what I did I screamed I'm like hey that's the yeah. dude that's the drifter <laughs> yeah I love reckon, yeah. Yeah, he's great. We, uh, uh, you know, we're still uh, in touch, and he's now. I think he has a steady gig at uh, Medieval Times uh, down in uh, Anaheim theme yep. park, and nice. uh, uh, I think he plays one of the medieval king or something. But uh, uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's um, you know he's in shape. He's big, huge guy, nice guy. I would lo- love to uh, work with him again. But you know, he has such a look you know it's signature look so it's kind of hard to cast them for different roles you know it's like it's yeah, like, right, oh, right. always you know so makes sense absolutely uh yeah i think uh, it kind of the consensus across the board here is that uh, obviously we are big fans of the three movies that you have put out right. and um and yes it's been uh it's been great to kind of get some insight as far as what went into actually making some of these um uh before we run out of time with you, um, I wanted okay. to just kind of maybe ask a couple of fun questions about uh, some of your favorite, what was maybe some of your favorite horror movies or action movies. Obviously, we talked about Cobra. Cobra, uh, yeah. Some of yeah. your uh, uh, favorite movies and or, you know, directors or creators, stuff like sure. that, that kind of shaped uh, who we have making these movies for us now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um... My my favorite horror movie, I think, uh, I have to kind of think hard on this, but uh, I think my number one horror movie would be Shining. Yes. Um, you know, I just love uh, everything about that movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining would be my top choice for horror movie. Um, my favorite movie, my favorite, my, my I mean... It changes here and there, but uh, sure, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, un, un, unchanged, probably all time number one would be uh, "Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia." Okay, really? Uh, yeah, Sam Peckinpah. Yeah, yeah, that's a fascinating like because that's late Peckinpah as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I, I just love everything about that movie. I just love it. You know. Nice. I think that's why I like to shoot in the desert, you know, to try to kind of have that dusty feel of right, the, right. you know, Garcia movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. Yeah. What's you know, on a, oh, go ahead, Bo. Uh, I, I was just going to ask a quick follow up to that, though. Not, mm. I mean, not just your favorite stuff, but when when someone sees your movies like ourselves yeah. and mm. says, all right, look, you've only made you know, three films that I can get my hands on so far. Mm-hmm. And until you give me another one, mm-hmm. when, when, uh, what, what should I be watching that <laughs> either influenced you or that you just mm-hmm. love right. that's in that vein? Right. Um, well, um, 
I, I mean, I, I love all the 80s movies and, uh, you know, the, like, pick and par movies. I, I just, I love it. So, um, you know, I guess if you, if you like my, you know, kind of a greedy, gory movies, um, you know, if you haven't seen pick and par's work, uh, please go check that out. Um, or uh, any of, you know, um, the feature film version of Lone Wolf and Cub series uh they have six feature films those are great um also um japanese filmmaker kihachi okamoto is my mentor and uh he he has uh he's you know he was kind of like um dark side of the moon when kurosawa was making all the big samurai movies but the he uh, okamoto was making um as good or if not better samurai movies in japan uh in 60s like sword of the sword of the doom is like one of my absolute favorite um samurai movie um it's it's a great uh, it's a black and white uh, movie from 63 i believe but uh it has some amazing violent visceral sword fighting sequences that you can't believe this was shot in the 60s right so yeah, I highly recommend those movies. Excellent. Uh, who would you say your favorite uh, 80s action movie star was? Hmm. Uh, I have to say Stallone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cobra. Cobra. Done. Nice. Done nice. deal. Yeah. <laughs> and let's not undersell over the top. I mean, no, no. Yeah. Right, true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love over the top. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the Rambo movies, but the first Rambo movie is just such a masterpiece. Right. I love oh, that movie, God, yeah. So. yeah. Oh, God, as a, a montage fetishist, yes. Rocky IV oh. is <laughs> montage after montage. <laughs> right? that's, that's all montages. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's Rocky IV, I think I was 12 or 13 when I saw it in the theater, and I think that made me you know love montage sequences training montage yeah. right you know because i think doubled you yeah. know it's, it's the russian side and mm-hmm. the american side yeah you know no, montages are very very important for yeah. every movie i actually looked forward to them and yeah. now that you see that's what kind of like one of your staples mm-hmm. you know that i that's that's really cool so yeah montages are the ones that give you the time jump what you need to be like how did this character get so strong or how did this character learn from you know a to b here yeah so yeah the importance of it is is much needed in today's uh, cinema (laughs) right well you know it's 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 a good uh moment to take time with you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's a character building sequence as well absolutely Yeah. yeah no that's great uh you, so before you had mentioned about wanting to actually do a horror movie, mm-hmm. um, if if uh, you know budget and everything was no problem, mm. what kind of a horror movie do you think you might make? Like, would you go for more of a visceral thing, or would you go for like, mm. a ghost movie? Right. Um, you know, I um, I would love to do kind of a creepy horror movie with the real people not 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 spirits or ghosts or um you know devils and stuff like that um uh, you know uh, uh, one one movie that comes to mind is the uh the hitcher with rutger mm-hmm. Hauer. 
Okay. You know, sure. uh, you know, I, I want to do something like that, that super scary hitchhiking guy story or, you know, yeah. um, you know, or, or something like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like crazy family that's that in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's not supernatural. This could happen. Sure. These crazy people, I hear you. you know, do exist kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, big fans of the movie. That was uh, the inspiration for the name of the podcast. So. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Right. No, that's cool. I, I like more of the uh, the realistic and kind of grounded horror myself too. I tend to lean heavier towards that genre. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what uh, do you have anything coming up that you're working on, or any like kind of ideas that you are yeah. sort of for forming? Is it yeah. going to be another horror or a action movie or exploitation movie? Right. I have, I, I just, uh, um, finished this script. It's kind of a film noir script that takes place in LA, okay. um, with a lot of gunfights. And uh, nice. I, you know, I, I, I wanted to do, um, for this movie, the selling point of this movie will be, um, we have no CG bullets in this movie kind of thing. You know, I gotcha. Like, nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, we'll do the real firing of the real firearms kind of movie. Actually shoot um, people. <laughs> right, but that's, that's not what the real. But, oh, okay, okay, um, not that real. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so, I, I don't go that far yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, all right. <laughs> but uh, so I, I do, I do want to do that, and that's kind of like action slash uh, film noir. So you know, more kind Excellent. of, uh, you know, um, it's a little darker tone, uh, more night shoot. You know, but maybe this movie will take me out of the desert to more urban <laughs> settings, you know, that type of thing. But uh, I, I do want right. to add, um, I'm going back to Japan to see if I can get the financing for that and stuff like that. Um, nice. Then uh, I have uh, another um, kind of a horror-esque thriller uh, in the works too. Uh, but I was just nice. receiving a bad news that uh, this is actually based on uh, – um, Japanese novel and uh, we we talked to the uh, writer and we were kind of ready to sign the adaptation agreement and stuff like that but I just received the news like two hours ago saying that the, somebody else might have the rights to it already oh no uh, so yeah uh. so after I hang up with you guys I have to investigate this but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah you. several several things are in the works and hopefully uh, you know, sooner than later, I can get to do my movie number five. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I can't awesome. wait. We're yeah, definitely we're, looking forward, we're to definitely looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what uh, What other um, – do you have anything else that you are involved or attached to as far as like a production company or anyone else that you are tr are trying to like collaborate with in anything? Or are you just mm -hmm. kind of trying to go on your own – your own uh you know team like you've been doing and just keep building in that direction right there are some uh, things happening but i don't think i can disclose it yet but okay. uh um but i would you know i i i i do want to move on to uh possibly doing you know full-on american production um uh, you know obviously i do want to work with bigger budget um you know, with the bigger names and stuff like that. So, you know, I can advance my career, so to speak, and I can put my kids to college and stuff like that. But, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I am, um, 
you know, looking into expanding uh, my connection in more of a, you know, Hollywood and mainstream, uh, you know, studio work sure. or you know, stuff like that. But, you know, first in Hollywood, you have to get the representation to uh, put your foot in that realm. So, uh, um, yeah, so, I'm, you know, I'm doing I'm juggling a few things and see what sticks and hopefully I can be doing uh, bigger movies soon. Yeah, oh, that's great. Uh, good. Well, I think uh, why don't we kind of go around and uh, if anybody had one last uh, point or, or question about any of the movies or any of your career or whatever, we can all kind of have one last stab at you and then we'll let you plug anything and everything that you want. Sounds good. And, uh, then we'll let you get back to your business phone calls. Great. So. <laughs> to receive the bad news, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, jeez. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, you know, those other guys won't start. want it, so. Right, yeah. We'll <laughs> uh good well i think uh i can go first um the one thing we uh we when we were talking about uh samurai avenger i had i had forgotten that i wanted to bring up uh so the it was more of kind of a funny thing to me uh mm. the the building that you had for the jail for uh for the the villain of that movie i forget his name yeah um was that um was it was it almost um comically done that you had it so simplistic to where mm. it was just kind of like a two-room wooden shack with like one <laughs> cell uh, right where it was it was again kind of like those homage to a, a really really old western type movie where it's like the the two-cell jailhouse with the old jailer but obviously it was in more modern times so right it was it was a combination of both um sure. that jailhouse was a permanent set on the uh uh, the film ranch we sh we sh shot the movie okay. at, and uh, it was really just there. Sure, and, sure. Uh, I, I was like, "Wow, this is this is so cool. Let's let's get this." And yeah. uh, so that's how it came came about. And it it got burned down a few oh, no. years ago with the with the fire. Oh no, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. So you know that 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 you know footage is actually pretty valuable now i guess you right. know, yeah yeah that, that thing is gone so the majority of that set was already there and you guys just kind of made a few modifications here and there yeah to uh yep. make it fit your needs yeah i just yep. I, I thought the juxtaposition of like a, a more modern setting with this right. old-timey western jail was uh it almost came off like comical i had kind of a little chuckle at it <laughs> yeah it's, I saw it's, it, the, so. it's the parallel world thing yeah. that to pursue and uh, sure sure so yeah the western aspect and modern aspect old aspect that was you know all mixed together mm -hmm. yeah and I, th I think uh you had said you don't get into as much of the slapstick comedy so i think you you have more of these little subtle hints like in uh in samurai avenger and in karate kill where it's not sure it's not machine girl level of comedy where someone's getting their arm temporad but right. um you know, it's it's just kind of little subtle things like that where it's kind of like, oh, that was kind of funny, right? So, yeah. But there's not very much of that in Gun Woman, though. So. Yeah, Gun Woman was more <laughs> and a lot yeah, of laughs. Talking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Dark, dark laughs> yeah, yeah, smiling after it was over because we enjoyed it, though. <laughs> right, right, yeah, but, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Either uh, one of you guys can go next. Um, I, I would just want to say, like, you know, as far as I, I kind of want to or, or say that. My favorite assassin in in uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Lone Wolf or um, sorry, Summer Avenger. So, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite assassin is the the pregnant 
uh, voodoo <laughs> queen that raises the dead. Right. And, <laughs> I, 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 so I just was just so entertained by that movie, just <laughs> and then a lot of reasons. But right. every assassin that it was like after he faced one, I was like, well, okay, what's the next one? It's got to be so over the top. Oh my God! Yes, you did it. A baby <laughs> slices out of her stomach. That is like, um, one one question in your mind on Samurai Avenger. So he loses his wife and daughter, but he also is promised to take care of the Drifter's sister, and right. also has uh, the infant that they, you know, the zombie lady or whatever, right. uh, goes off. So in your mind, does he take care of the sister and regroup with the baby to have his family back? Mm. Well, the possible. Um, okay. Right. There was at the end of the uh, very end of the movie, there's a surprise scene after the credit. I don't know if you got to see that or not. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but if, if you haven't checked that out, uh, stay, stay after the end credit on oh, the Summer okay. Avenger. And uh, he, he, he does, Summer Avenger does find drifter's sister okay yeah uh, yeah in my mind i was just sitting there going he's got the sister and then there's the baby and right. so it's possible that he can rebuild the family through these connections in this journey so i was just wanted to ask you but that's possible i you know but i'm <laughs> thinking but i was thinking the uh the um the you know the voodoo woman's baby will come back as a villain right uh, <laughs> but, because- and that's possible <laughs> yeah, because the baby will nice. be seeking her revenge because right, yes. some Avenger killed her, you know, uh, mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> I just love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my, uh, my, my final question to you, sir, and, and thank you again so much. Uh, if uh, you, you've said before that, you know, you'd like to make sequels to all your movies. Mm. Let me give you the hypothetical scenario you only get to make one sequel okay to any of your films which is which gets the sequel mm. um i have to say gun woman uh, uh, I, I think, I think uh, that's right that's the correct answer <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> yeah i think i, uh, I think mayumi's story gun woman's story will could continue and uh i think you know i want to make it bigger and bigger um to yeah. me i already have the synopsis for it um it's a little you know a, a lot higher budget so i haven't been able to raise the money for it but the, my pitch actually won the uh uh movie pitch competition in south korea two years ago so nice. um maybe it will go somewhere um several Korean uh, film studios are looking at it as possible co-production between Korea and Japan. So if that happens, that'd be awesome. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, to me, one of the best sequel title ever uh, was Aliens. You know, it wasn't Alien. Oh, yeah. It was Aliens. Right. Right. You know, right. Moral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be Gun Women. I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah i'm in let's yeah. do it yep, yep. yeah <laughs> absolutely no that's great uh good so yeah i mean this has been awesome uh we really appreciate you giving us such yeah, a, yeah. a large chunk of your time to answer Thanks. a bunch huh? of questions and um it was, it was just kind of a, a good twist of fate that we ended up crossing paths the way that we did and uh you know hopefully 
when you have something else in the future ready, then we can get on it early and get the word out for you and, uh, you know, help you spread the, the word before things come out or as they come out or whatever. And, you know, maybe have you come back on to talk about more stuff in the future. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously anything that comes up for you comes, you know, comes your way, then, you know, we'll keep an eye on what you have going on and we'll be more than happy to share it for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you so much. We'll definitely uh, keep in touch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I've seen, you know, that you're in the group page now with our podcast and you'll check in yep. once in a while. So, yep. and if you ever get stuck in traffic, you can always listen to us or to one of Bo's podcasts <laughs> yes. and check in. So, yeah. Hey Bo, are you on Facebook too? I am. I am. I will, uh, I, I, I will reach out to you for sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's connect. Yeah, That'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, good. So before we hang up with you, then if you want to just let everyone know where to find you or your yes. movies or anything like that, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter uh, at M and uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a website, little website. Uh, you can just, uh, you know, Google Kurando Mitsutake. It's actually Kurando Mitsutake. My full name dot com is my website. And, uh, um, you know, my my three movies are available in the States. Um, Gun Woman is available from Shout Factory. Uh, Samurai Avenger is available from Synapse Films. And uh, Karate Kill is uh, available from Dark Cuts. And um, sure. you can get them on Amazon or whatever. So uh, please check them out. And thank you so much, guys, for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, my pleasure. I will uh, make sure in the in the podcast post I'll put the links for you know all the movies on Amazon and your website okay. and everything as well. So that'd be great. We'll thank try you and so cover much. you as well as we can. So, but yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks a lot. Oh, thank yes. you. And, we'll and good keep luck with your phone call. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes. All right. Yes. Thank yep. you, sir. Yep, Thank you. you guys have a great evening. Thank you so you much. Too. Okay. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. The of her trigger, the sway of her head, the flame from the barrel, the kiss from her.